from Transport Topics in Washington, D.C. This is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we'll take a quick review of the year's conversations at Road Signs. 2021 has been a year of transition as the trucking industry finds its footing, as the world is learning to, at least, cope with the age of COVID. But as they say, the world still moves forward, especially with these challenges ahead. Through the year, we've spoken to many industry experts about what's on the horizon in the near and far-term future. As such, earlier this summer, when we spoke to Chris Orban, Vice President of Data Science at Trimble Transportation, about the evolution of data analytics in the transportation industry and where he sees it going forward. In the near future, in the next couple of years, I see a move towards decision support, towards more autonomous decision-making, which is not to say we want to remove the human being from the equation, but we want to let the computers do what computers are good at, i.e. process huge amounts of information, do the kind of uh, repetitive tasks, the things that, that the computers are really good at doing very, very quickly. And that frees the human beings up to do things like have those personal conversations with the driver who might be uh, at risk of leaving the company or might be a safety risk, or have that personal conversation with a shipper to say, you know, if, if we could change our appointment times around a little bit based on all this data we're seeing over the last you know six months, we could improve your service level. We could make sure that we had no detention time for our drivers. We could make sure that we were, were safer coming in and out of your facility, that sort of thing. So uh, what I see is, is really a, a complete adoption of data throughout our industry to keep removing these things that, that, that cause trouble on, on both sides, right? That, that, that cause both the shipper and the carrier pain. And again, as we bring these things together, as we connect more and more of our shipper and carrier data and find these areas to improve, that's really where I see uh, data being used in the industry uh, over the next you know, three to five years. On that same subject, Andrew Johnson, Chief Marketing Officer at Prepass Safety Alliance, spoke about the trends that will continue to play out in the future. We do know intuitively that computers are continually getting smarter. And we as humans... Um, we as humans make decisions based on our past experience, but we may also make decisions based on perception or gut feel, maybe even a guess, right? Um, basically, when we look at all the fancy terms, computers make decisions based on data. So when we're talking about a learning or a predictive decision, it is the, it is the um, sophistication of the computer to be able to make a decision based on uh, past data trends. So... What does this mean for the future? I, I think um, I think for simple simple decisions like say the timing of a PM or in our case disputing an incorrect toll charge, we'll see um, increased automation and accuracy. But trucking is still um, it's still a people business. So for more complex decisions where there are non-data factors, there should still be humans involved. I wanted to bring this up here because recently, you know, I read this article, I think it was just last week, about how Amazon evaluates and potentially fires contract drivers by bot. Um, the driver essentially just receives an email letting them know they're fired. Well, of course, there's been problems with this, including drivers being, um, being fired for things that were not their fault. So from, from this perspective, I guess, you know, you have to ask, what does this do to the people side of your business? Does it have an effect on people considering driving for Amazon? I think, I, I think this comes back around to the fact that as data becomes more prolific, it's easy to just rely on it 100%. But 
it will be important as we move forward to maintain the person connection as well as be able to then to make human decisions based on data. We also visited the ongoing issue of driver pay. Throughout the year, we've seen many fleets announce pay rate hikes in hopes of recruiting more drivers into the fold. We asked how can fleet managers make their drivers feel more appreciated? And what else can fleets do to recruit and retain quality talent? Founder and CEO of Driver Reach, Jeremy Raymer, brought some perspective to the issue on how some companies are approaching this. There will be carriers who are, uh, who, who are aggressively raising pay to attract drivers. And it's not only new drivers that they're hiring at a higher rate. Obviously, they've got to do that same for all of their current drivers. Um, in some cases, even more so, you know, for those who, have, who are tenured, you know, for years. Um, and so that's the danger of you You continue to do that and that eats into your operating, you know, margin to your profits. And then, you know, when when the economy rolls over and, and now you're having to haul freight for less or, you know, the price of fuel continues to climb or, you know, these sorts of things that now you're 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 in the red. So you've got to be really careful, which, frankly, is a reason why rather than be so aggressive on the front end and and, and guarantee so much stuff up front that. You may end up holding the bag later. I think it's far better to say, look, we no driver that works here will ever make any less than X. And whatever X is, it's different for you know different regions of the country for different types of jobs. But you always say, no matter what, I will always make sure that every driver is always going to make X. Because it's one thing to say, hey, we're going to pay all of our drivers 60 cents a mile, 80 cents a mile. Well, that's all fine. But what really matters is how much is that driver taking home every week? You know, if if I make 80 cents a mile, but I'm only driving, you know, 100 miles, that ain't going to cut it. You know, I need, I'm going to need a lot more than that. So um, what's important is what am I taking home every week? And, and, I, and I can't stress enough, you know, I think companies can protect themselves from that inevitable rollover, economically speaking, um, with that, you know, a guaranteed type of program like that, as long as it's not, you know, too aggressive. But what you're trying to do is smooth out the, the, the week where the driver might make $2,000 one week, and then the next week, driver makes 1200 That sort of discrepancy on a week-to-week basis, which is common, that's what, it's, that's what makes it so nerve-wracking for a driver. And so that inconsistency uh, causes a lot of anxiety. In addition to driver pay, we also concentrated on driver health this year. Stephen Kane, president and creator of Rolling Strong, shared his personal story of overcoming his own health problems which led him to helping other professional drivers live healthier lifestyles out on the road. Here's Kane speaking about the building blocks of living such a lifestyle. Number one, um, accountability is a huge piece of any anytime, you know, if you've already digressed, if you're already a person who's not in that great a shape or has, you know, challenges with some comorbidity, um, it's, you know, obviously doing it on your own. People or the family system that's around you may not be you know, the encouragement you need and you might not have the accountability. Having my coach was huge. Um, you know, being vulnerable enough to say, you know what, I don't have the answers as much as I think I know because I was a high school football star or a boxing coach or, you know, like whatever it is, like, you know, I'm at a point where I need to be vulnerable enough to listen to somebody else and be accountable. And so the coach for me was a, was a big deal. And if a coach is doing their job right, they're listening and they're really hearing what your challenges are, and they're not going to just give you everything all at once. I think that's, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, this Sunday, I'm changing my life, right? Well, you know, that's, that's a tough thing to do. So, you know, I found that, you know, making a change at a time was better for me, right? I change something, I do it consistently, I build that habit, 
and then I'd add something else in, and I'd build that habit. It took us a long time to get to where we are, and it's not going to change in a month because we've jumped on, you know, the bandwagon of a fad diet. Um, and so, you know, having that coach and being vulnerable enough to allow that accountability in your life is a big deal. Be vulnerable enough to listen to somebody. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to go into this thinking you're going to be a marathon or a bodybuilder or anything like that. But I promise you, if you are vulnerable enough to listen and you establish some short-term goals and you just start putting one foot in front of the other, you will feel better. You will not ache as much when you get in and out of that truck. You will not feel as tired when you get home and your kid wants to play football out in the yard for a few minutes. You will feel rested when you wake up and you're getting ready to start back on that 11-hour drive. Continuing on the subject of health and wellness, we spoke with Dr. Bethany Dixon, owner of the Driver's Health Clinic, about the importance of keeping track of your health, a task that's more complicated as a truck driver. Overall health starts with your diet, and it starts with what you put in your body. You can't have a million-dollar body on a 99-cent menu. You just can't. <laughs> so um, I'm actually working with another company right now to try and bring out um, food products that are fresh, microwavable, never frozen. Um, and my goal, haven't gotten there yet, but my goal is to have them available in truck stops and be able to pick them up because I know getting food access right now has gotten harder and harder during the pandemic. So even our own restaurant in the TA in Wildwood, unfortunately, got shut down. And so that leaves us with the, you know, Subway and Popeye's and Pizza Hut. And although I eat a, a protein bowl at Subway almost every day when I'm here, um, it's, it's very limited options and it makes it difficult. They do have a grab and go. So you can get some hard boiled eggs and you can get some hearth, uh, healthier food, but it definitely makes it difficult. So the goal of watching what you put in your mouth reflects in your entire body. For instance, a lot of these drivers come up with these huge bucket. I, I call them buckets. They're not even cups. And you know, they fill them with a, a sugary soda and they go on their way and they're having probably 2000 calories, just, you know, drinking junk throughout, you know, a day or two. And so they see themselves and you have new drivers. And I try and have this conversation with new drivers and say, look, if you're not careful, you're going to put on a good 20 pounds, you know, and they joke in college, you have a freshman 15. I would say it's 15, 20, 30 in the first year of trucking, if you're not paying attention. So the more you sit and you drink that, the, the heavier you get, the more weight you put on. But as you eat sugar, flour, and pro or sugar, flour, rice, those kind of things, it turns into more sugar and those are inflammatory. So the more you put on, the worse you feel, right? Um, it causes aches and pains and it causes you to be tired and, you know, more sluggish and brain fog. So the more you're drinking those empty calories, the worse you feel. And it just goes downhill from there. Then you feel like you need more caffeine and it's, it's a vicious cycle. So treating the whole body and approaching it that way can definitely save you from that gain, but it can also help, you know, lose that weight. I diagnose more diabetes in my office than I care to. And it's just because they put on more weight, more weight, more weight. And we do a urinalysis during that DOT physical. And these poor guys are, are spilling sugar into their urine, which is an indication of diabetes. And then we have to have a hard conversation because, you know, diabetes can lead to eye issues and, you know, lack of circulation down into the feet. And I used to work at the VA where I worked with only diabetes and they would, you know, lose toes and then a foot and a leg. And well, you surely can't drive without your right leg. 
So, you know, it's a big conversation that needs to be had. And um, unfortunately, they're not getting it in most places. In times like these, it's crucial to stay informed. Transport Topics is offering all the information you need to make business decisions in these unprecedented times. And in the wake of the many event cancellations and group gatherings, TT ensures a virtual way to consume business content and conversation. To join the conversation and stay ahead of the news, follow Transport Topics on all social outlets or by visiting ttn.ws forward slash stay informed. As with every year, we honor the truck drivers that have excelled in their craft. ABF driver Nate McCarty, a former America's road team captain, shared with us what it took to be the best in this field. He also provided some advice for those looking to find a career in truck driving. Well, I, I think you have to get off on the right foot by looking at it as a career and not a job. And I, I know you've heard it before, and <laughs> a lot of our parents and grandparents told us that when we were growing up. If, if you find something that you can enjoy, you're never going to work a day in your life. So my, my advice is do, do your homework. You know, find something that's going to be a good fit for you, something that you think that you're going to enjoy. And that, that's the cool thing about our industry is, is it's so diverse. You have 3.6 million truck drivers and all these companies. And, you know, there's a lot of different segments in our industry. So do, do your homework. Find something that's going to work best for you and your family, something that you're going to be happy doing because, you know, the trucking industry, we're maybe somebody from the outside looking in may, might might not understand that, but we're like our own little world, <laughs> just you know, just the way we interact. And even though the industry is segmented and we're all doing a lot of different things, you have people that are hauling fuel and people that are pulling flatbeds or people that are in freight like me, we, we all have a common goal of getting home safe at the end of every trip to our families. So, you know, just find something that's going to work best for you and your family. This year, we also looked into the other shortage that is plaguing the trucking industry, and that's involving the technicians. We spoke with Anna Salcido, technician recruitment manager for Navistar, about where the struggles lie within the industry. We need to understand the facts to identify the pain points. Uh, we know that the average age of a technician in our industry is around 50 years old. On top of that, Research has shown that between 2011 and 2029, about 10,000 baby boomers are reaching retirement age each day. So the technician shortage is real. Employers, OEMs, fleets, schools, all of us play an important role to ensure we engage with younger individuals. Um, we need to continue building excitement and explain to them why being a technician is a rewarding and it's also a lucrative and very satisfying career. And as you know, to engage this younger generation, it is critical to provide continued visibility and education of the traits to build interest and enthusiasm. Getting to, to meet with, with the high school students and even with middle schools, we need to get to that level. A gamification and a greater emphasis on technology also play a really important role here both technology advancements on the vehicles like electric trucks and the equipment used to diagnose and service these vehicles can also foster greater interest in the industry. 
Research shows that 41% of technicians leave the industry within the first two years. We are working with our dealers to constantly bring new technologies, processes, and a strong culture where technicians see this career as a viable and exciting career opportunity. Um, and as you know, at the end of the day, it is critical to ensure our customers have the best vehicle uptime. And technicians are the key to ensuring our customers' vehicles are serviced and available as quickly as possible, for sure. As mentioned before, 2021 has seen some new trends, one of them being a move toward full-service leasing for some fleet owners. During our time at the Technology and Maintenance Council meeting this fall, we spoke with Al Barner of Fleet Advantage about what is driving this trend. We've definitely seen a trend towards more aggressive trade cycles, and I think that's why we've seen an increase in, in lease. So when you look at the total life cycle cost, you're, you're getting better fuel economy year over year on new equipment. You're seeing maintenance trends go up dramatically once you get beyond that warranty period. And so when you start to look at those total life cycle costs, the cash flows on a lease are normally less expensive than they would be in an ownership model. The other important factor here is when you start to be more aggressive with those trades, you've got to be very good at remarketing late model, lower mileage equipment. And again, that tends to um, lean towards a lease because the lessors are very good at remarketing equipment. You've got to be very good at, at uh, being able to sell four to five year old trucks with less than 500,000 miles, which by the way is what we advocate to our clients. We believe that they should be exiting out of trucks before the warranty period expires. And when you look at those life cycle costs that you just mentioned, better fuel economy, lower maintenance and repair, then the economics start to, to um, favor the lease model, which is why I think we're seeing a trend towards leasing. The other factor is, in our industry, as, you, as you're aware, we're always talking about driver retention and, and hiring, and new equipment definitely lends towards um, those factors as far as being able to recruit drivers and retain those drivers. While at the fall meeting, we touched base with Richard Beyer of Bendex Commercial Vehicle Systems about the advancement of brake technology and how it's changing fleet's approach to maintenance. I would say that in the beginning, the larger fleets that are very safety conscientious and also trying to make sure that their CSA scores are, you know, best as best as they can be, we're looking at how do I make sure that in all these conditions they they looked at their accident profiles and saw they had issues with, you know, rollovers or rear end collisions, and then these automated systems start helping with those. I mean, these are mitigation systems. They're still level one systems where the driver is still in charge. The driver still can override these systems, but they're there to intervene early, right? And so the fleet started seeing the payback because these systems are, are active and helping the driver keep the vehicle safe so they could see their accident rates going down. And then the driver call it acceptance was once the, there's a lot of training involved because if you just set a driver in with a system and you never tell them how it's going to react when it's going to react what it can do what it can't do that's very important it's something that bendix does do a lot of we do a lot of driver training fleet training to get the acceptance because I, I know for a fact when we launched ESP, the first time somebody's in a vehicle going fast in an exit ramp and all of a sudden they wait, hey, wait a minute, why is this thing dethrottling? Well, 
if you don't know that it's happening, then you wonder what the heck is going on. Is the hand of God coming and pulling on my throttle? No, it's the system doing that, right? So it's very important to have that training and that understanding. And then you mentioned false positives. I mean, that's why we developed our fusion systems, the camera and the radar. Our first systems that we came out four generations ago were radar only. Then we included camera fusion, and that allows the system to really verify. Is that a vehicle? It's not a leaf bag blowing across the road or you know something small. Do I really need to act on it or not, right? And so that helps the false positives. But you also have to realize that technology, the sensing technology is evolving so quickly that a lot of the features say that are coming out near term, what you're seeing are level two, you have lane keep assist, lane centering systems, you have improved collision mitigation because now you have better camera technology coming, better radar technology, so that you can sense it earlier, brake harder, and those all things will develop into better and uh, even more improved systems. And then if you go all the way, then you can see the beginnings of some of these level four systems for automated driving. It's basically taking the technologies that we have in the level one and level two, expanding to many more sensors, much more computing power, and then with a lot of experience because it's gonna take years for this stuff to come in. And you know, at some point in time, probably after I've retired, this stuff will become ready for prime time. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit what we heard this year from our guests. As we close out 2021, we take solace in knowing that we were on better footing than we were a year ago. The trucking industry has also become wiser not only in identifying ongoing problems and issues, but with a stronger resolve to finding better solutions, for these challenges will remain in 2022. The good news is that, with this new normal, we'll hear of these solutions, whether it's about the driver and technician shortages or the continuing supply chain concerns. 2022 will be a new year of discovery, as long as the industry takes heed from the lessons of the past. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Signs team, or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Happy holidays, and thank you for listening.